Yo, bring it back. Here's what you've missed on the bright side. So welcome to the show, Dr. Ellen Rasidi, veterinarian at Mandai Wildlife Group, and Benazia Begum, the senior avian keeper at Mandai Wildlife Group as well. We hope you're doing great today. Hi. It's been pretty busy, right, for you guys? It's been an insane couple of weeks, yeah. and particularly the last couple of days, yeah. Mm. In fact, just last week, it was in the news that the penguins have been settling into their new homes at Mandai, and uh, you guys have actually opened your doors to the public on Monday. So can you tell us a fun fact about the move that most people wouldn't know about? What's been the most challenging aspect of the move? Yes, so far, the things have been great. The birds are starting to explore their new habitat. And as for one fun fact, I would say the way we handle the penguins for the move is actually usually dependent on the species of penguins. As keepers, we are really close to our penguins, so they trust us and we know the best way to handle them as well. So when getting them into their moving crates, we carried the smaller species like the Humboldts, Northern Rockhopper and the Gentoos, while the larger king penguins were gently ushered in. So the customised crates were also padded with ice to keep them cool. Yeah, so one challenge we faced during the moving day was the truck that arrived to pick them had a faulty air-conditioned unit, meaning that we had difficulty getting the temperatures to 12 degrees Celsius, the same temperature as the Penguin Coast exhibit in Jerome Bird Park. Hence, we decided to delay the move slightly and wait for a backup truck to be dispatched to us. So then we assessed each bird's feathers and their body condition as well as weight taking before giving the green light that they were fit for travel. Wow. I think we take for granted, yeah. you know, all these things that are involved in just moving the animals from one place to another, you mm. know. But wow, kudos to you guys and making all of that happen for so many birds as well. I'm actually quite curious, which mm. is the most cheeky species? <laughs> or penguin <laughs> I would say king penguins Yeah, What do they get up yeah, to? They can be feisty at times Because they just don't really like handling much As compared to the other smaller species So as we were trying to usher them They would just turn back and start pecking you Because Ooh. they're not too happy Those are sassy yeah. guys right there Can you bribe them with like yeah. food, their treats or whatever? No, it doesn't work They're like, nah, I don't want to remove Very strong personalities <laughs> Oh the my younger gosh, penguins. that is it's adorable so in not, its own way. So not so happy feet. Not so happy feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Can younger we? ones are quite curious as well. I have to be very careful if I go into the exhibit that I empty my pockets before I go in. Oh, wow. What has happened? They tried to take stuff. I tried to, tried to pull my keys out of my pocket once. So. Whoa, sneaky, very cheeky. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's like that bird is in her house and yeah. like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Can we ask how have the birds adapted to the new park as well as their new locations? You know, not just the penguins. I mean, for you, um, Ellen, you probably see all the other species as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the majority of the birds have settled in really, really well. If you're familiar with the old Jurong Bird Park, we had some really nice large exhibits, but quite a few smaller ones. And all these birds are now in really large multi-species exhibits with much more naturalistic environment. And just walking through them and being able to see these birds in very natural social groups, running under the undergrowth, bathing in the streams. And a lot of them have actually started breeding already 
even though they've only been here a few months, we've got little baby teals running around and we've got a lot of nest building going on in the aviaries. It's just, it's a really, really nice thing to see. Mm. I think before it used to be like location, location, location. This is habitat, habitat, habitat. You know, it's all about the habitat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So some studies have shown that animals in zoological settings actually experience a longer lifespan than their wild counterparts. What are some geriatric issues and difficulties that Mandai Wildlife Group sees with older animals that aren't normally seen in the wild? Yeah, well, it's one of the things we're very proud of as an animal health care team is that quite a lot of our birds live very, very long lifespans. Like you said, far longer than you would expect in the wild because they have good health care programs, they don't have predators, they don't have to find their own food. So a lot of the, the problems that we see in our geriatric animals are very similar to what you would see in people. So we start to get, you know, maybe some joint issues, some eye issues, cataracts are quite a common finding in our older animals, as well as your know, arthritis, joint disease, that sort of thing. If they get very, very old, sometimes we see birds getting a little bit forgetful, same as you might find in humans and in dogs and cats as well. So it's it's all very similar. Aging seems to be quite similar across species. Actually, we understand that six of the penguins recently underwent cataract removal and three of the king penguins also received some custom-made intraocular lens implants the first in the world for penguins tell us more about that yeah so as part of last year's annual health check we noted that quite a few of the geriatric penguins were developing cataracts and some of these birds had cataracts in both sides so their sight was quite compromised and obviously with the upcoming move we were going to move these birds to a brand new environment and there was some concern about how they would cope with that change in environment particularly since the tank is quite a lot deeper than the one at Jurong Bird Park. So we wanted to make sure that these guys had really good eyesight to adapt to the new environment. So cataract surgery is something that is available now in the veterinary world. So we have a veterinary ophthalmology specialist here in Singapore, Dr Gladys Boo, who we work with to get these procedures done. And because of the size of the king penguin eyes, like we're talking sort of at least billiard ball size, um, we actually just to go ahead and get these intraocular lenses created, which is something that's available for dogs and cats, but has not been done in birds before. So we're really, really glad to be part of this sort of world first. And we're really happy that the king penguins and the Humboldt penguins have done really well in the post-surgical period as well. That's fantastic that, you know, we here in Singapore are trying something that's never been done before. Yeah, world first. My yeah. goodness. I clap for you. Well I done. <laughs> Very much a team effort. You know, the oh. veterinary team here and our specialist collaborators and, of course, Ben's animal care team, they did the majority of the work afterwards. <laughs> and what does this latest advancement in, like, medical science and the surgery just mean in general for the healthcare of other geriatric animals? I think it means that we have more options, you know, beyond what we can do within the park. And we have a really good network of collaborators within Singapore, so veterinary specialists outside the park as well as inside the park. Um, and it just means that we're able to provide a wider range of care. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to be able to provide the care that you want to give, you know, mm. at, at a world class. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's National Pet Week yep. and we're just wondering, you know, what are some common Ooh. issues with ageing pets that the average Singaporean owner might deal with and how can they prepare for these issues? Well, I suppose, I mean, like I've said, the same problems that we see in birds and dogs and cats is very similar to what we see in ageing humans as well. So the most important thing, I think, is for your pet to have a good relationship with their local vet. So, you know, they should be having an annual health check every year. And when they get a bit older, maybe the frequency should be a bit more often. So every six months is what we normally recommend. What you want to be watching out for as well at home is any changes in mobility. So you might find that your dog isn't able to jump up on the couch as easily as he could 
before, that might indicate that he's getting a little bit of arthritis. Um, or if they're not chasing after a particular toy or not as keen as playing, you know, their eyesight might be affected as well. So just paying close attention to what is normal for your pet and any changes that might happen. Okay, that's very good advice. Yeah, yeah. very practical tips indeed. I have one more question for both of you, actually. Maybe mm-hmm. hopefully you've had a chance to explore the bird paradise. And is there a favourite part for both of you? Maybe we'll start with Dr. Ellen first. I actually took a stroll around the heart of Africa, Avery, the other day, and there is a little section where all of our weavers have started nesting in this like bamboo stand. And these birds, they're very, very small birds, and they actually weave a little brown basket as a nest. And there's just a whole little village of all of these nests. And it's really gorgeous. It really does look like, you know, you're in the African grasslands. So that's one of my favourite parts. I would say my own exhibit. <laughs> so not biased, not biased at all. <laughs> not biased at all because it's definitely a fantastic exhibit that everyone should visit. It's actually called the Ocean Network Express Penguin Cove and it's three times the size of the exhibit at Jerome Bird Park. There is much more space for the penguins to swim and dive, which the penguins have been enjoying very much. And also our own exhibit offers special lighting features that can project the southern lights on the dome and mimics the day and night cycle. And it allows for their natural biological cycles to follow the seasons in the southern hemisphere. So all this actually creates a beautiful exhibit for the penguins and we keepers just, we love seeing them swim, especially. So it's a pretty beautiful sight to see early in the morning. I demand for this kind of lighting thing for my biological clock in the studio. We (laughs) have no windows here. We need to have the daylight and night. Yes, yes. Oh my God, it sounds really fantastic. And I just love how through what you're sharing here, you're sharing about really Mm -hmm. the detail that went into the planning for the bird paradise with the various sort of exhibits and enclosures and all that. Wow, just wow. I just want to say thank you so much, you know, for the passion and the commitment that goes into looking after, you know, our wildlife, our penguins. So thank you so much, you know, for all the work that you guys do to take care of the animals and the birds. Dr. Ellen, Rasidi and Benazia, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning. We cannot wait to check out the new wildlife sanctuary and we wish you all the best moving forward. The Bright Side with Carol and Lavinia. Every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 1FM 91.3.